At a certain point in your business, you might start feeling overwhelmed, not because of a lack of planning, but just because you literally have too much work and you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. That is a perfect opportunity to start outsourcing. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you how I started working with uh, virtual assistants, freelancers, and what I learned from it and what you can apply to yourself and your business. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Fast Forward Amy Show, the show where we lift your life and business with simple strategies. I'm Fast Forward Amy, your host and coach, and I'll bring you a new episode every Tuesday. Back in the summer of 2019, which is not that long ago, I hired my first virtual assistant, and everyone recommended against it. I remember having a little housewarming party in my then apartment with my friends and telling my friends I had hired someone for 8 to 10 hours a week and they were going to start helping me and basically I had hired my first person and they were in awe uh, because I'm 29 now so that's a few years ago (laughs) as it is 2022 at the time of this recording and my friends were really like holy shit you're really (laughs) growing up and like becoming an actual business person. And I remember um, my dad and other people had said, ah, don't do it, it's going to cost you money. You should first create an overflow in your business, work more until you really, really can't handle it anymore, and only then should you hire someone. And like many of my best decisions in my life and in my business, I am really happy that I didn't listen to other people. That's actually one of the fast-forward principles we teach is you shouldn't necessarily listen to other people unless, you know, you want to listen to them because you hired them, aka, hello coaches, please do listen to me, or maybe because they've done what you want to do or they're like certified to help you. But you shouldn't just um, listen to other people giving you advice about maybe something they don't necessarily know anything about. Not that I don't listen to my dad um, in many cases, but at that time, For me, it really felt right and I knew that I was already working really hard. I didn't want to create like more and more and more work. And I knew that there there were many good ideas and things I wanted to do, but I, I didn't have any space for them because I was constantly busy in my business with the systems and I spent hours and hours on them. I was creating lead magnets, I was creating email sequences, as I was creating all kinds of things, shop, I don't know, all kinds of things in the systems, and I knew I was basically wasting too much time on those, and that time was costing me the opportunity to build my business, to work on my business. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give this a try. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and find someone to help me. And I found my first virtual assistant who wasn't actually a virtual assistant, but someone who applied for me because I, I think I posted it on Facebook and on my Instagram. I had people email me, made a really big mistake of not emailing everyone back. That's one of the first things you should know when hiring, when people do put themselves out there and they tell you they want to work for you and you don't reply, then they're probably not going to be your biggest fan after, uh, after that. So that's something um, I definitely messed up at back then. But Audrey came to work for me and Audrey was one of the best business decisions I have ever made. Um, we still, we're still still in touch. She doesn't work for me anymore. She has her own store right now. Um, uh, I hope I can forward this to her so she can hear this. She's one of the reasons I was able to really grow my business because for the first time in ages, I wasn't always just busy working in my business, but I finally got the time and space to make decisions, to focus on strategy. And she took over systems, a bunch of email marketing, shop systems, websites, all of that stuff, and a bunch of busy things. Now, it's not just that she took over some of my work that helped me and freed up time, but the main thing that happened for me was the amount of accountability I created because 
I would have to prepare things for her. I would have to create a list of tasks, a list of projects. And I couldn't just change my mind the entire time. Because up until that point, I was extremely wishy-washy and always just changing my mind on stuff I wanted to do. And because she was working for me, I couldn't do that anymore. So I kind of had to stick to a schedule. And from there, everything changed. A few months later, I launched my podcast. She also helped me with the implementation of the podcast, all of those things. And from that podcast, I was able to grow my business from um, 30k months at a certain point, 70k months to having my first million dollar launch, I think one year later. Is that correct? I think it is. Yeah. It's very difficult for me. The blur of 2020 to 2022 is real. I feel like it's all just one big mess of everything that happened in the world. But everything went really, really quickly. Launched my podcast, got my first couple of thousands of listens. She would help me so I could focus on actually recording my podcast, started batching, all of that. And that was really great. Um, until few months in, uh, into the podcast and, and doing a bunch of stuff, I kept falling behind on so many things in my business. And one of those things was my email inbox. And I knew that Audrey didn't have more time, but that I really, really needed help. And uh, it was kind of the same as before. Like I really needed help because I couldn't focus on the right stuff in my business or I was just not doing it and dropping the ball. You know, I was not replying to emails anymore. Things were taking up too much of my time. And I kept being stuck in that mindset of like, oh, but I have to do everything myself. I am the only person who can manage my email inbox, for example. And I had seen from a coach I was working with that she didn't do emails or that someone else would manage it. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know it was possible until I saw someone else doing it. And I realized I can hand over my inbox to someone else and create a new inbox. And my emails don't have to be like a daily thing. So I found someone, another virtual assistant, um, and she started helping me with my email inbox. I sat down with her for an hour and I was like, okay, so when this email comes in, uh, for example, when people propose me something, I'll uh, email back to them and I'll try and figure out the details like, oh, for an event, how many people, what's the budget, stuff like that. When spam comes in, I unsubscribe. When this happens, then that happens. When something for my accounting comes in, I forward it to the accounting mailbox, a bunch of stuff like that. So I started figuring out like, hey, this is not something I figure out over and over again every day. This is something I do according to a certain structure and I can teach someone else this structure and they can take over and then go over the different things with me um, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, once a month, whatever. I was so overwhelmed that I only took one hour to explain all of that stuff and I was very lucky that that person, um, Ellen, was able to just take over and she just started managing things and she just took it over. I had set contracts with uh, everyone. I've built up really great relationships with them. They were never um, planning on working with me forever and ever, but it was a really great fit. I was in need of help. They were in need of like um, a fixed structure for their virtual assistants things. And it worked really well. And I hired those people as virtual assistants, so that's freelance. Before I had my first hire, Laura, and it's very making me extremely uncomfortable that she's actually in the room with me as I'm talking through all of this because I'm like 2019, 2020, am I making mistakes? Is all of this correct? But it is correct. But the reason that that is so difficult for me is because it all went so fast. And I was talking to a friend yesterday who told me um, it's very difficult to ask for help. And I was thinking about it and I thought, you know what? Asking for help is definitely one of the things that has been really difficult for me too. And it's been the fact that 
I often feel like I am alone has been the biggest bottleneck in growing my business. It's been my biggest limiting belief I've had to break through. Money mindset, I worked through a lot earlier and I will always have to keep working through. But the I am alone and I have to do everything myself has been the thing that I've grown a lot in in the past two years, thanks to the people I've worked with, but also because I kind of hacked myself because being someone who's always taking care of other people when she was younger, I think I always kind of told myself, uh, maybe I'm not worthy to ask for help or other people will only love me based on my performance. There's still a lot of shit there. I plan on finding a new therapist, but that's a different story. And um, one of the things I've taught myself is that I can ask for help if I pay for it. So that's one of the, the ways I worked through that a little bit. I know there's still stuff. Um, and... Hey, this is a really quick interruption with a surprise for you. I promise you're gonna love this. I was just in a conversation, actually a power hour, with a client in my mastermind, and we were going through her strategy of how to scale her six-figure business to seven figures this year. And I asked her what she wanted, and she said, yeah, I want a million, but I also want more time with my kids. I want to stop working evenings, and I want to have more energy for what I love doing. And I said, okay, no problem. Let's list out all of your targets. We did exactly that. And then we got to work on the key elements she needs in order to grow her six figure business to a seven figure business this year. And I applied my million methods. Now we worked on this for a little bit over an hour. And at the end I was like, well, this was really valuable. Why don't I put this into a training to share with my audience? And as you are here on a podcast, I want to offer this to you for free. Now know that working with me costs 10k for a day. The fact that I'm offering this to you for free is quite a glitch and I am going to delete this after a while. So if you want my million method training, there is only one way you can access it. It's by going to my Instagram, fast forward Amy, and DMing me the word method. If you do that, I'm going to send you my quick 24-minute training where I map out exactly how you can grow your online business from six to seven figures this year. So go to my Instagram, fast forward Amy, DM me the word method, and I'm going to send you the link to this really, really exclusive video training. Okay, bye. It is something that you kind of just have to accept in your business because so many people think I'm going to start a business and I have to do everything myself because I am strong, I am smart and all of that, but it is bullshit. And on top of that, there are things in your business that are costing you a lot of energy and a lot of time and you could be using that energy for like positive things. For me, that would be creating content but not implementing the content. But someone else might get a lot of energy out of actually creating uh, like the systems and implementing all of the things. So the biggest thing that I realized when I, for example, when I hired Ellen is that she thrived when she was managing my mailbox. She thrived when she was setting up systems for the business. And I was like, no one will ever like doing that. I was wrong. She loved doing it. She got paid for it, paid for it. And I got time, more time to work on growing my business. It was a wild success. And um, yeah, over the years I've worked with Many different VAs, virtual, um, we now have uh, different virtual assistants in our business often. It is a period of time for them to come and learn with us, to work with us. Then they go on to their own stuff. I've tried to hire some of my VAs full time. They often don't want to because obviously they became a VA for a reason. And I noticed that a lot of my clients still struggle. 
asking for help and handing over control. So that's why I wanted to make this episode is I want to teach you how you can hand over some of that control. But the first realization you need, the first two is it is okay to ask for help, make it easier by paying for it. Know that by paying for it, you will create more space for yourself to create more revenue. So it's not a cost, it's you freeing up time that you can then go and use to create more revenue. So it's okay to ask for help as a first thing. And the second thing, yeah, I think I wanted to say is that you think no one else will want to do this, but other people like other things than you like. They are good at other things than you are good at. So just accept the fact that the things you hate might be other things that someone else will love. It's like right now I've hired a full-time assistant who's always like in my house. Um, We joke and we say she's more of like my nanny because she does all of the things I don't like doing Um, and she likes doing that and she likes taking care of things and practical stuff and she doesn't like uh, having to do computer stuff a lot of the time. She loves just taking care of me and the team and making sure everyone um, is well taken care of. So it's a limiting belief to think that someone else can't do those things that you might hate or just not love, you know? Okay, Um, now what is a virtual assistant? Uh, I don't have a definition. I can just tell you that virtual assistant is someone you can hire, for example, freelance who can work remotely and who can do virtual, like remotely and digitally, stuff for you in assisting you in your job or your business. Um, And I've kind of seen this whole uh, world of virtual assistants open up in Belgium. It's been really great for um, many People who are unhappy in their jobs, who wanted to work location independently, who wanted to um, focus more on systems, on organizing things or on like creative VA stuff, who just didn't want to work for a boss anymore, but did want a certain amount of structure or like uh, different things in their business. You know, some of the virtual assistants end up going towards a different job, building a different business Uh, or they end up just thriving in that. Um, Now, this is not an episode to teach you how to become a virtual assistant. This is more of an episode where I want to open your view of what can you get when hiring a virtual assistant, in my opinion. This is just from my own experience, like almost everything I do. (laughs) So uh, I look at it as there are three types of virtual assistants. You have an admin person, you have a creative person, you have a systems person. Um, Some of these can evolve more towards an OBM. But the main thing for me is um, when I hired my first virtual assistant, it was more of a maintenance role and not really a growth role. So for example, hiring a sales strategist could help you grow your business. For me, um, I was a strategist and I more needed time to focus on the strategy. So I needed someone to maintain some of the stuff in my business. So administrative virtual assistant, think of some of the virtual assistants, by the way, they do everything. These are just like the three big categories you can uh, look at yourself, in my opinion. So admin could be customer service-ish, could be some of the accounting stuff, bookkeeping, um, I don't know, uh, email inbox, just all of those different things, uh, some of the financial things, making invoices, stuff like that could fall under administrative virtual assistants, in my opinion. Um, So we have the... um, creative virtual assistant, which is someone who would help you more with like social media content, maybe write captions or bring together a bunch of captions that you have somewhere else in a course or in your book. So a lot of people struggle with creating enough content and um, maybe you have a bunch of content somewhere else and they could go ahead and like grab that for you and reformat it into new posts, new visuals, stuff like that. Then we have the systems virtual assistant, which could be anything that has to do with the systems in your business. It could just be setting up all of the different links and 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 new systems connecting the systems making it all 
click. So those are the three big categories. Um, as I said, you can also have someone who evolves or who is an online business manager. That's not really a virtual assistant role, but it is a role a lot of virtual assistants grow into because often they get a, a more and more responsibility in a business and they end up actually managing a remote team, managing launches, all of that stuff. But that's for a different time. Um, when you want to hire a virtual assistant, first realize that there's a lot more possible than you think. And there are a few things you need to pay attention to when you do find people. So if first off you're wondering like, but Amy, how do I find them? Obviously you can just post online. What I recommend is you don't create a bottleneck by being like, hey, email me, because you're probably hiring someone to prevent creating like an email bottleneck, for example. Um, I would recommend that you set up a form where people can upload um, information, answer questions, upload a resume, stuff like that. And if you want to know how to actually set up a vacancy, I've created a vacancy template for you. I've linked it in the description of this episode. I'll help you figure out the right steps for hiring, how to describe what you're looking for. It's a little guide that you can print out, write on uh, and use for your own vacancies. It's You can find it through fastforwardamy.com forward slash vacancy templates or just in the description of this episode. So what to pay attention to when you're hiring? I think uh, from personal experience, I think a contract is uh, important. So make sure that you are covered and obviously they are covered in the contract. So in terms of like the term, like how long do you decide to work together? They Can they just up and leave um, when they're like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not a legal consultant. Don't take legal advice from me, but do make sure that you get consulted on this, that you know what you're assigning or what you're offering and that the term is um, correct and that you know um, how long you're safe for, uh, if that's possible. So I always like to be in control, for example. So I like to know, I mean, in general, like how far can people screw me over? <laughs> and that might be something that sounds a bit grim when I say it, but it is your business and you should never over-delegate important stuff in your business. So legal stuff, finance stuff, you should never over-delegate it. You should be very aware of everything you're doing. So contract, that's important. You can look at, does that have a non-disclosure agreement, for example, make sure you have covered your bases there. Same with um, hiring people full-time and stuff. Make sure you get great legal counsel and use your logical brain, like what could go wrong? Can I protect myself from this, right? Uh, what I would think is really important with the virtual assistant is availability, how many hours, when are the hours going to take place, turnaround time. So for some different virtual assistant roles, I will have the expectation that it's done every day in the morning. For some people, it could be like, hey, it's not urgent. For example, finance stuff, it's not urgent, but it needs to happen every week. You could have a fixed turnaround time with people. So you could be like, hey, I don't really care when you do your hours as long as within 48 hours when I ask something, it gets done and I want this amount of hours per week. Some people sell packages of hours with a certain turnaround time. Other people have fixed uh, contracts of like certain hours per week. I tend to work with a fixed amount of hours per week or per month, um, both for me as well as for them. I believe that that gives people that sense of security that they need in building up their own uh, VA business. And I like creating a win-win. So, I mean, I'm really grateful that these people want to help me. I also want to make sure that they know there is a certain amount of stability. So, for example, in the beginning when the, the pandemic hit, one of the first things I did was sit down with the virtual assistants working for me because a lot of um, companies were laying off people. They were 
cutting marketing budgets, all of that. And one of the first things I told them, because my business was still doing well, I was like, hey, you guys, if any other uh, people you work for are cutting down your hours, you need more hours, please tell me. Know that in our contracts, nothing is going to change. I have your back. Um, I think just... Creating a safe space for people is important. Uh, no matter if they're working with you full-time or you're working freelance, there is this theme of like, oh, they work for me, I'm the boss. But you work together. Um, people don't just work for you for money. People deserve respect, trust, transparency. So don't forget that even when it's just, quote-unquote, virtual assistants, um, they are giving energy and time to you. And it's not just money that you use to compensate that. It's respect, it's a good... Um, you know, understandings and all of that, just don't forget it. Uh, but it's up to you to see if you want someone who just has a package uh, deal and who's working for you in the middle of the night. I personally, at this point in my business, don't like that because I want to be able to reach people during the hours when I'm actually working. That's my opinion. And then uh, one of the other things that's really important for me, I already hinted at it, but it's control and access. And sometimes I look like a bitch when I ask for it. But for example, if big things change in systems, I'm like, hey, when you are making this entire change, can you make a loom? Loom is a screen flow recording. Um, I want to know that I have control about everything. If someone is implementing something new, I still want to know that I could know how to do it because they've created like a process for me or it could be handed over to someone else if someone else would take over that, that um, you know, the work package. Don't think the, per the people you're working with right now are the people you're going to be working with forever and ever. And you don't want to lose new too much new learning time when you have someone else taking over. I'm currently testing something um, which is two people for the same role who can like switch. So one week one person does it, the other week the other person can do it. I learned this from my friend Celine Charlotte who does it. Um, only what we're doing is we're still giving in the other week, we're also giving work, but I just want to make sure that there's not one person who can implement our podcast. There are two people. There's not one person who can handle our inbox. There are two people. So I can never really um, fall without. Uh, that's a way for me to build stability into my business. And stability is kind of a core. I haven't talked about that a lot, but we talk about innovation. We talk about growth. But to build a sustainable business that can weather the storm of the pandemics and the, all of the crises, you may you need to make sure there's stability in your operations. It's one of the first things. Also, stability in your finances. But I believe uh, you create that by uh, having multiple people who are able to do the same jobs or having you having the skills to still take over something. Um, at the same time, the biggest growth in my business has happened when I've let go of control. So uh, control doesn't mean you controlling everything, it means having the option to control it or to have someone else take over. And then access, um, <laughs> please don't keep all of your passwords in a spreadsheet that's accessible by everyone. Uh, use a system like a LastPass or something. I usually want to murder LastPass. I don't love using it, but I do love um, keeping my passwords and sensitive information safe from people. So you can use systems like that to even share credit cards or passwords for certain logins with people who work with you limitedly. So you can be like, okay, for operational stuff, they have these passwords, but for, I don't know, finance stuff, they can't access stuff. So there are different systems you can use for that. We are currently using LastPass, but every time I use it, it makes me want to throw my computer against the wall. Um, I don't know, it works, yeah. I don't not recommend it. I just think sometimes, I mean, we want to protect against hackers. <laughs> I think we're definitely protecting against hackers because sometimes I can't even access my own stuff. So yeah, there's that. Um, all in all, 
massive shifts can happen when you allow other people to help you. Um, my limiting belief isn't always has been, <laughs> well, sounds so grim. I am alone and I learned I'm not alone. I can always choose support by getting coaching, by investing in courses. But one of the tipping points for me was when I started trusting my team, my full-time team that I started hiring a little after the story I just told. And when at a certain point, uh, Laura and Caroline called me at the end of the day and they were like, hey, um, we want to talk to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we can sense that you're going a little into your default. I'm alone and I am a an aggressive bear. I'm not really aggressive. I'm also not someone who argues a lot, but I was going into my defensive mode of like, survival, I am alone. I need to fix all the things. And they kind of made me realize that I was doing that thing again that I had been doing my entire life, being like a savior type of person. And then I trusted them to help me through it. And that was one of the biggest tipping points, which makes me emotional to talk about right now, because ever since then, I have realized I am not alone. I always have support when I choose it. Often I pay for it, obviously. I can choose to pay for it. I can always choose to make more money. Um, and um, it's really helped me grow. And last week I was getting my nails done and I got a phone call that there was a problem with a couple of systems that weren't working. And I was like, okay, um, can you call the person? Someone in the company noticed it. And I said, okay, can you call the person who's responsible for this? And then later... Like, I wasn't even worried. I like let go a minute later. I'm like, I know they're capable. Uh, they care. They're going to fix it. And when I walked out of the, the nail salon, I had messages like, hey, we fixed it. This and this was the problem. No worries. Just wanted to let you know. And I was like, holy shit. A year ago, I would have been Rah! like angry and like, I need to fix this typing kitty. But then like angry typing kitty. <laughs> and I realized that. I would have never been able to create this where I'm getting so much help if I wouldn't have also allowed for mistakes, allowed for people to um, try out their own stuff, to not take away uh, ownership of things, uh, which is all things I did used to do. So I used to be like, oh, I need to make an adjustment. I'll go and make an adjustment because you didn't do a good job. Now I'll be respectful enough to ask people like, hey, I saw that this happened. Could you adjust that for me? I used to think I did people a favor by doing it for them until I realized and was pressured to realize uh, by my team that that actually doesn't help. It takes away ownership. People like autonomy. People like taking ownership. So be it with a full-time team or um, freelancers, virtual assistants, just make sure that you don't let your ego run the show. These are humans you're working with. They deserve to be treated like humans. Make sure it's a win-win-win for you, for them, for your business. And all will be well. And sometimes things will not be well. And then you will recover as well. <laughs> so if this fired you up to go and look for your own hires. And to finally hand over some of that control. I highly recommend you go and download our guide about creating vacancies. It's our vacancy template. So go to phosphoritamy.com forward slash vacancy template. Or click the link in the description. And as always know that we have written an article where we recapped all of this. If you are on the verge of hiring, because you might be like one of my Boss Up Mentorship coaches. By the way, this month we are launching our Boss Up Mentorship. Come and have a look on my Instagram for more information or click the link in the article, the description, whatever. Uh, you can find more information through phosphoritamy.com forward slash Boss Up Mentorship or just bum, which sounds a bit dirty, um, because that is our program, coaching program for our 
scaling audience. That means if you're currently already profitable in your business, but you want to start scaling, you want to outsource more like with virtual assistants, you want to organize your company that it can kind of run without you as well. Uh, the boss up mentorship might be something for you. So if you have questions, just send me a DM on Instagram or email team at fastforwardamy.com or just simply go ahead and look on our website. This was episode 128. So on the website through fastforwardamy.com forward slash 128, you can find the article. That's what I was going to say. And then I thought of the boss up mentorship and that you might be a good fit. So, uh, Let's chat later. I <laughs> hope you liked this episode. And um, yeah, have a happy day.